What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another Top Rope List edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. Today we are going to break down our favorite Royal Rumble moments of all time, the best and the greatest of how many how many years at this point? It was eighty eight. the beginning of that one. A lot, a lot of years, a lot of years, and many, many matches, and hundreds upon hundreds of people that have been in the matches, and crazy moments all around. So we got a lot we got to be uh, sifting through for our lists. And if you don't know who we are and who you know is going to be saying our favorites and stuff, I'm Tony Mango, joined as always by Callum Wiggins, hello, and Robert E. Felice, hello, and of course, as we tell you, our top ten favorites one by one as we go along here we also want to know your top 10 list so drop your thoughts in the comment section below while you're doing that on youtube then click on all the happy little buttons so you could see that help us out like the like button and the share button double check that you are subscribed to ring that notification bell because we got a couple more pay-per-views coming up pretty soon and we'll of course be going live for our post show and doing the webcam thing that we've been doing it seems like we've worked out that system pretty well so I'm going to keep that going going forward. And, you know, you got super chats and stuff going on there. So by all means, join us on that uh, every time that you can. Also click on the join button that you can see there. Get access to the same stuff as the Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash moment, you'll see the pick your poison tier, the dark cast tier, even the dollar a month tier. All that stuff is the same over on the channel membership on YouTube. The only benefit is on the YouTube the side of it. You get the video portion of it. So that's what I usually try to recommend more. If you also want to help us out on the monetary side of things through the thanks button, that is fantastic. And Redbubble and Public is where you can pick up merchandise. So keep all that stuff in mind. Also, double check that you are in our Discord server. And the link should be fine now. I do have a new link up there compared to what it was before. But this one, hopefully, fingers crossed, will not expire. I had set the other one to not expire, and it did anyway. So I don't know what happened there. But uh discord uh dot gg slash you know the little letters and numbers that you can see on there if you're not on the video stream right now you're on the audio only stuff like spotify and all just go to smartcomboma.com check on the right hand side you'll see the join our discord server thing uh, it's pretty easy to find that over there but let's get into this top rope list thing now of course we have to specify with any kind of favorites list this is completely subjective of our favorites, and we're not going to be doing the debate style one for this, where we do the more Mount Rushmore, you know, uh, consensus agreement thing. Some top rope lists lend themselves to that when we start saying, you know, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Then we can kind of debate, hey, Gunter deserves to be up there because he's beaten a lot of people and he's held it longer. Oh, hey, I like this one better, blah, blah, blah. When we're getting into favorites, we kind of can't tell somebody that they like something more. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be like, hey, Rob, you liked Edge's return better than uh, the way that he and Christian stared off each other. And I'm not going to you know, tell Callum that he doesn't like the eliminations from this Royal Rumble compared to the other one or whatever. But we're probably going to have some crossover things here. So one other thing that I have to mention, if you've never checked out the top rope list before, is that we've got our little uh, hold rest hold kind of thing that we've got going on where if somebody mentions let's say that they have you know for their number 10 because we go bottom to top number 10 if we've got like 
uh, I don't know, um, Matt Stryker going, you never know at, at number 10. And somebody else has that at number four. So it's pretty high up. Then they might say, yeah, put a hold on that one. And, you know, come back to that a little bit later, discuss it higher towards the top. And if somebody doesn't have anything on the list at all, then they're free to just talk about it right then. And, you know, it'll make more sense as we go along here. It's actually pretty simple, (laughs) but, uh, Keep in mind, we do want to know your takes on our takes as well. So while we give our thoughts and stuff, let us know if you think that we're absolutely crazy or if you go, man, I would have put that at number three instead of number one, whatever it might be. So do either of you guys want to start off? Or you want me to start off at number 10? Uh, I'll start off at number 10 because my number 10 is going to be something that none of you have. And I'm going to preface this by saying it's not even a great Royal Rumble, but when I think of the history of Royal Rumble, I just appreciate the realism of this, and that's Yokozuna is the most realistic Royal Rumble winner of all time. You can't tell me that a guy who's 600 pounds comes into the Royal Rumble, and everybody's just like, oh yeah, we'll get him out. He comes in, he dominates, he eliminates Randy Savage from the floor, and he wins, and he goes on to win the world title. They fucked that up in five minutes, but I really enjoy that. There's at least that one example for all the tropes of jump on the big guy. There's the one example of, yeah, Yokozuna, of course (laughs) he won. He's 600 pounds and he came in at number 27. You think he's going to lose? All the examples of jump on the big guy are set from, if you don't, Yoko will throw you from the (laughs) floor. Yeah. I... I don't have that on my list. And one of the main reasons why is because it's one of my least favorite things when it comes to Randy Savage trying to go for a pinfall because it's awkward. So it makes Savage look dumb uh, in a way. Actually, was that the same Roy Rumble that he technically eliminated himself and then they pretended like he didn't? No, that was 92. Okay. I knew that it was like Savage had made another mistake in the meantime. Um, Because they also, they, they, flip-flop whether or not you can eliminate yourself from a Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, if it's Mil Mascaris, then no job, and then it counts. But but if it's Andre, yeah, he did, but if it's <coughs> Savage and we need you for other things, no, you didn't. Right, yeah. So I do appreciate the moment for Yoko's win of him just being, like, the new big dude, and we're going to set him up really, really well by having him win the Royal Rumble, and, and you know, I like that number 27 spot doing that it's been so many years since we've had number 27 when they should do it again they haven't done it since like austin in 01 like it's it's been a long 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 time it's weird to think that we've had way more number one and number 30s than not another number 27 but uh I, yeah i don't have that on my list do you have that on your scale <laughs> No, very much not. I think it's the um, it's one of the silliest spots in Rumble history is Randy Savage getting eliminated from the floor after attempting to pin a guy in a Royal Rumble match. Yeah, but are you going to argue with the 600-pound man winning a battle royal? No, I'm going to argue with the guy jumping on top of him and trying to pin him to try and win a match <laughs> where you throw him over the top row. That is fair. <laughs> what do you have for your number 10, Callum? Uh, one that I, I'm pretty certain that neither of you will have as well. Uh, going to the Royal Rumble from 2002 for this one, which is the Hurricane tries to choke slam Stone Cold Steve Austin in Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> that is this, tremendous. This I think is my is my favorite funny spot in Rumble history. It's 
it's just um they, they've done the they do through the 2002 rumble for those that haven't seen it or haven't seen it recently they do the recreation of the stone cold 97 spot where he just comes in cleans house eliminates loads of people really quickly he's like sitting on the the turnbuckle waiting for people to come out so he can beat the crap out of them and throw them out triple h makes his big return after his really long-term quadricep injury he comes out does his full entrance and gets into it boston and then I believe the very next guy to come out is the Hurricane. I can't remember if the exact order around. I know there's some other people involved at this point in time that were just thrown out immediately as well. But the Hurricane comes out and this is very... He's only been the Hurricane for a few months at this point, I think. So he's still very much like established as a comedy guy that's not super established as a character yet. So he just comes out, like confronts Triple H and Stone Cold. I think he's still wearing, even wearing his cape at this point. And he just goes, he grabs them with a goozle on both of them. They both just stare at him. They stare at each other. He looks at both of them. His eyes get very worried and big and all terrified. And they throw him over the top with his cape just flying over his head as he goes over. And yeah, it's just, it's one of those like, okay, you you obviously are going to make no impact to this rumble. You've got no chance of winning, but you made yourself memorable. So I really enjoyed that. Not on my list, but... Um it's inspired me already to potentially expand my list. And I don't know if I'm going to do this on a dark cast or whatever, but I might end up creating a separate list of like my top 10 Royal rumble eliminators, my top 10 favorite funny moments kind of a thing. And um, that's definitely a funny, funny, funny moment on there. There's so many funny moments in the Royal rumbles that like after having so many of them, it's hard to remember those. I didn't remember that one off the top of my head. And I did this basically off the top of my head, but uh, that's definitely a great moment. Anytime hurricanes in the Royal rumble, it's been funny. It hasn't been, it hasn't been in many. Yeah. He hasn't been in many. I don't think. I think, I think realistic. Most recent one was like three years ago or so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the guest spot role. But I think that I might be wrong. I think this is his only Royal rumble as a full-time person before he became Gregory Helms. I think this might be his only rumble as the hurricane when he was full-time. Let's see here. I might have that stat somewhere in my, um, so I can't remember him in, t- in the 2003 one. Well, it definitely wasn't in 2004 because we watched that recently. He wasn't in it. And then, yeah, 2005. He's already and- doing the turn. Oh no. Oh, 2006. He's Gregory Helms. Uh, 2005, I think that he's injured at that point, so I don't think he'd be in. So he's in only been in six Royal Rumbles. He's been in 02, 04, 05. Oh, it was no, it was 04. I must have gone 04, he lasted 19 seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay that's that's right. Right. <laughs> uh, so 02, 04, 05, 07, okay. and then 2018, and then 2021. He has a grand total <laughs> of, over the course of six Royal Rumbles, a grand total of 10 minutes and 7 seconds. <laughs> That's better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, it's not the worst on the list. I mean, I mean, uh, that, yeah, that means in one rumble he lasted more than a minute. So he uh, his his longest time was uh, six minutes and fifty seconds in 07. So that's probably like when he was like a cruiserweight champion or something. Yeah, that's Gregory and, and that was yeah, that was Gregory Helms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a little more serious at that point. Mm. Yeah, I have them all merged. It's just Hurricane Helms on there. Uh, no need to separate them the same as Kane. And Isaac Yankum and all. Uh, you guys might have this on your list, but my number 10 is Maven eliminating The Undertaker. Nope. Thought about it, though. 
No, I did put that one on, but uh, yeah, it's from the same Rumble, so. Yeah, 2002. It's a an awesome moment for multiple different reasons. And then there's also two things that I don't like about it. That's why I have it low enough to be number 10. It's great for the uh, surprise factor. You know, I mean, who expected Undertaker? I wasn't even watching at that time, but like I certainly would never have expected Undertaker get, uh, to get eliminated by somebody like Maven. Tough enough needed some kind of legitimacy, and that's a cool way to like, hey, the tough enough guy eliminated the Undertaker of all people. That's pretty awesome. And it's just a great moment as far as like anything can happen in the Royal Rumble bad part about it is that they track then afterward undertaker completely buries this shit out of maven and just yeah. you know destroys probably, him after that but that's probably the reason why i didn't want to include it on this list even though the moment of him eliminating the undertaker is cool it's both the both the fact that he was completely just destroyed and uh almost had liberties taken with him because he he had a um exposed chair shot to the head and yeah some other stuff involved it, it was very do sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> those chair shots now this is the type of thing that i say like there's the caveat to it i don't like that i know now how bad those chair shots are yeah. because when you just if you pretend like they're fine that's so cool <laughs> But then, of course, now we know about CTA and stuff. Back then, it's like, yeah, that's that's a bitchin' spot. And then when you go, oh, that leads to brain damage. I don't want to see them do that anymore. <laughs> but at the time, it's like, yeah, man, he's you know he's really smacking the hell out of him with that cool chair spot. But yeah, I don't like how they switch out from the Royal Rumble and just show him get wrecked afterward. I think that the better alternative would have been undertaker doesn't do that thing afterward or maybe he just you know it's as simple as like he choke slams him and tombstones him and whatever and then maybe get uh, and maybe gets eliminated by somebody else later on in the rumble like a you know mr perfect or something um but the moment itself maven just you know drop kicking undertaker and him flipping around and just being stunned and the crowd popping like crazy awesome elimination one of my favorites of all time I'll uh I'll switch over and kind of you know snake style this a little bit and do another Undertaker related thing for my number nine, and this is a uh, kind of a it's not a one moment it's more of many minutes worth of stuff but it all kind of clumps together to me. Undertaker coming out at number thirty in the '07 Royal Rumble. Yeah, you're gonna, <clears> have, to put, you're gonna have to put a big pin in that. Okay, and all the elements that come around it, like yeah, rated RKO and all. Huge. <laughs> all right, let me uh, let me put Talk that, that <laughs> as a as a weight on that one. Uh, what do you have for number nine, Rob? Um, you mentioned it earlier. Matt Stryker marks out and gets muzzled in 2011. Max Stryker never knows. <laughs> it's a hilarious moment because in 2010. Jim Ross starts going through some health issues and he's not on the call anymore. And Stryker, King, and Cole never got along. Never, ever, ever. But for context, this is 2011 and being a wrestling fan was not, still not very accepted on screen in the realm of wrestling. So when Booker T comes out and this guy's going, yes, 
yes. And he, he gets ready to do the spin rooney and he's like, please <laughs> do it. Yeah. Like they are absolutely obliterating him for just being so excited. You see this shit all the time now. Yeah, you got the but, footage of Mara Ronaldo flipping out, Michael Cole yeah, they, nowadays. They Cole. Cole's, they have like a camera on Cole so he can like mark out whenever John Cena shows up or whatever. And he's like screaming, this is a mark out moment, bro. I'm marking out. It's the funniest thing in the world because if you're a big fan as I was and you're watching superstars so you can see you know, Trent Loretta wrestle or something later on, you'll hear Matt Stryker in the most subdued voice go, again, I apologize if I seem a little overexcited. I'm just a huge fan. So for me, this moment lives on forever because of that. And it's just so funny to think about where we are now, where half of the Royal Rumble is just people Mm -hmm. going, oh my God, you never know who's going to be here, you know, and themselves off it's just great <laughs> i really liked matt striker in that role i'm one of those apologists for that because to me that made it more fun and you know i i enjoy watching something like the royal rumble better if i'm around other people and we can all be like you know oh my god diesel just came out that's fucking cool or like what did that person got eliminated when it's all strict and it's all you know buttoned up and you can't talk about it like you're a fan or whatever it just takes some of the fun out so i thought that that was a really endearing moment i hated that everybody crapped all over him after that you never do know <laughs> he's right yeah matt struggles a tool i mean yes <laughs> yeah absolutely 100 percent a tool but yeah i'd rather remember matt striker marking out than remember who won that royal rumble which one was but- that that's the, that's the 40 man awful like well that's like they made it worse when they did it's 50 people and they did the graceful rumble none of the moments from that will be on this list i pretty pretty safely so i don't have anything from the greatest royal rumble on my top 10 now no i almost had the uh Tennis yeah. Oh yeah, that's On in my honorable of, mentions. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing was stupid, but that made it funny. Yeah, that's in my honorable mentions, but the uh, the rest of it, nah. Um, I, for the life of me, I can't remember who wins. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. That stretch, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I distinctly remember 09 and Randy Orton. I distinctly remember 2015 because I was there, <laughs> and you know. Uh, now we're going to have to call back to that with this year's fucking wrestling. But, um, hashtag we want Cody. Uh, the, like the whole, like Del Rio, Sheamus, the, the Batista win with, um, God, what year was that with, uh, or not Batista, the, um, the edge win, uh, that was 2010, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can't remember what years those are. And if you say to me, like, you know, name people who won a Royal Rumble, I'll be able to be like, yeah, Del Rio won one, but I couldn't tell you if it's 2011, 2012, 2013, because it just all blends into me. There's, there's Edge, Del Rio, Seamus, Cena, Batista. Batista, and then Roman. Then you know from Roman onwards. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. What's your number nine, Callum? Um, 
the start of a bit of a trend in terms of a certain person being brought up over and over and over again, but uh, this is the first instance of it. Uh, the start of the 2003 Royal Rumble. Uh, so in the build-up to the 2003 Rumble, it had... Uh, if, unless anyone else has put that, which I assume they haven't. Yeah, no. No, no I, I actually have nothing from over I do enjoy this. I know where you're going. So um, in the build-up towards it, they'd... Um, Chris Jericho had wanted to say that he wants to emulate Shawn Michaels because this was in the build-up to their stellar match at WrestleMania 19. Probably Shawn Michaels' like first... Well, he'd had a great return year from like 2002 onwards, but uh, I always remember that WrestleMania match being one of my favourites. And uh, in the build-up to that, Chris Jericho said, oh, he wants to emulate Shawn Michaels, so he's going to enter the Royal Rumble number one and go coast-to-coast coast and win the whole thing. And so... But Shawn Michaels has already said, oh, I've already said that I'm going to be the number one in the Royal Rumble. They'd already agreed to it. So Jericho then wins a like a mini battle royal on Raw where he gets to choose any number he wants to. He could choose anything from like number 30. He could be, could be number 30 if he wanted to. But uh, because Shawn Michaels is entering number one, Chris Jericho said he's entering in as number two. And so Michaels comes out, big moment, and then Jericho's Titantron hits, and it looks like he's come out, but it's actually <laughs> Christian dressed as Chris Jericho. Ty Grisham at that point's like, it's Christian. <laughs> yeah. And Jericho charges him from behind, like beats the hell out of Shawn Michaels, hits him with a steel chair, make busts him open. But, but the beatdown actually goes on so long that Chris Nowinski is able to make his entrance and come out to ringside. <laughs> to just before, like uh, do like uh, jumping jacks and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 just hang around outside and just watch this happen. And then Jericho just dumps Michaels out of the ring. And then Jericho lasts for a very long time. There's even a moment in the match where he does a rumble reset by eliminating both Christian and Edge at the same time. And then he's on his own. And then RVD comes out and then the match restarts again. And then Michaels comes out all blood over his face, taped up. Referee's trying to pull him back. He dives into the ring. He starts taking out Jericho, uh, causing enough of a distraction that Test is able to eliminate Jericho. And then Michaels dives on the top of him. And then that, you're on the way to WrestleMania. And that's another great thing about the Rumble that I, I don't think is done enough, especially in more recent years. Utilizing the Rumble to set up feuds for non-title matches. Huge thing, yeah. yeah. And, that, that, and there'll be a couple. There'll be a, there'll be at least one more instance where I talk about that in this uh, in this build up. But yeah, that that was a really just nice way to create a, a memorable fed for Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels in this match. With Michaels not even really being in the ring, like being in the match, like he was eliminated after like two minutes. But then he comes back, and then Jericho has a great run. He's like the Iron Man of the Rumble, and. Uh, yeah, build up to a fantastic match at WrestleMania. So yeah, want to see more of this. I want this to be a template for things going forward. They really have so many different ways that they can utilize the Royal Rumble to put people over and make yeah at least like ten different stars during the match because you could do the whole like this person gets the most eliminations, this person's the Iron Man or the Iron Woman, this person gets to you know single-handedly toss out some giant or something and yeah like jade cargill taste uh taken out um nia jacks like she didn't win the royal rumble but she ended up being in the final four and she did that it's like yeah she looks great coming out of that and then you also have feuds that can start you can break up tag teams you can do so much for the royal rumble and it's always disappointing when particular years go by and it's like the only thing that they had in mind when they booked the whole thing was how many people can we throw out there for the three people we care about to eliminate? And you're like, ah, man, 
Now, sometimes that works when it's focused around one person. And that's where I get into my number eight. 1997 has a lot of bad things in that Royal Rumble. But one of the things that's very fun is the whole bit with Stone Cold Steve Austin where he is eliminating people and he just, uh, you know, very quickly takes out like a Bart gun and, you know, the, what was it, like, um, Jake Roberts. James in one of Jake the- Roberts is in there. Uh, Aldo Montoya, I think he might be eliminating him. Uh, one, of the, one of the Godwins. So he just takes people out, whatever. And then the moment in particular that I have written down on here, he sits up on the turnbuckle and he just pretends to check his watch. <laughs> I was like, all right, when's the next person coming out? It's an iconic moment. Like that screen grab is perfect for that. And people would emulate it over the years. They would do the whole like sitting there uh, laying on the ropes or just sort of, all right, bring out the next guy, bring out the next guy. It works better with Austin than I think even like Diesel when Diesel was like, come on, come on, whatever. Cause that's, that's one thing, but Austin had that swag to him and it would have, would have worked out better for Nash if they had realized what they were doing at the time they were creating. (laughs) Yeah. Where, you know, he probably could have soaked it in a little bit more. But for that I to be agree. called the diesel spot retroactively for them to be like, Oh shit, we actually did that. Cause we hadn't really done that before. Everybody else had just been like, you know, bring in three people. We'll eliminate one, bring in four more and we'll eliminate another two and you know, whatever. And diesel was a, one of the first people to actually just like go on a tear. And the beginning of that 97 rumble is a mess with the clock, not working right. And people eliminating themselves for no reason and all fake razor ramon being in there so when you get austin saving it all by making it about him and being such a jerk i love it i've been re-watching a lot of 96 97 tv lately and i'll say history is far more kind to that time than the actual product would be. i'm sure that is a lot of garbage like just Today, Justin Hook Bradshaw is going to go up against the Brooklyn Brawler or something. And you're like, fuck, I don't need to watch this. But again, you know, at the time, you talk to you know, 10-year-old me, and I'm just kind of like, hell yeah, man, I want everything. I'll, I'll get that Justin Hawk Bradshaw action figure. <laughs> I don't know why I'm harping on Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Of all things. Oh, he's, I mean, he deserves it. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, that moment was on my um, slightly extended list. I had one. I had like my original like fifteen written out. Uh, that one was on it. Particularly the uh, moment where Austin's sitting there, and then Bret Hart's music hits, and then yep. his hand goes to his head, and he's just like terrified about it because they had that. They'd already had their epic match in '96. Obviously, this was to build up to their even more epic match at WrestleMania 13. But, but yeah, that that whole Steve Austin taking all comers, and then Bret Hart comes in. That was a great moment. That is also on my extended list as well. It's it's iconic. It's really, and you think about it, knowing where they would go, the fact that he is so petrified of Brett, it feels so out of character for Austin. But at the time, he was just trying to be a heel. He wasn't thinking about I'm going to be the coolest thing in the world. He just wanted to be a bad guy. And it works so well. That it ends up just being one of those Jerry things. Lawler shit in between too. With the, he gets in there and he's out immediately because Brett. We're, we're, we're going to talk about it. How <laughs> oh, good? 
Well, uh, Robert Callum, you number eight. Who wants to go? Uh, I'll go. Uh, the Three Faces of Foley in 1998. We we're going to put a pin in it. I thought so. <laughs> Probably going to put a pin in mine as well. Uh, my number eight is Edge Returns in 2020. Yeah, that's, that's going to wait a while for that. <laughs> I don't have that on my list, actually. That's a shame. Yeah, this is, there's too many great moments. Like Sometimes you just gotta you got to make a call. I found it. I, I, I mean, I didn't talk about this beforehand. I found it quite hard actually to find like great Rumble moments. I, you oh. know, I'm gonna agree with Callum. I found it really hard to think about like great standout moments when you're tasked to do this. Oh, I had like easily like thirty something written down, and I wasn't even really like going through the list all that much because I wrote down things that I thought were like like very specific things, like um. You know, the tightest trips thing. And I think I'll say one that I don't think anybody's going to have on there. Like, I think that Kai and Ty's elimination from 2000, where oh, they keep showing it, God. like, that's hilarious that they but, just keep showing it. I mean, I mean it, again, it's one of those things in retrospect that I really like because of um, Jerry Lawler's commentary and saying that he's going to take, uh, has to take Tucker to a Chinese hospital when they're Japanese. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and also, they weren't eliminated because they weren't in the Rumble anyway. So that's yeah. Uh, they just got their asses kicked. Yeah, that's true. It's still a Royal I mean, Rumble moment, but like, uh, but yeah, like I have tons of moments like that written down. Um, so to me, it was like you know, Edge Return, for instance, was just one of those like ah, it doesn't it doesn't make the cut on a top ten, but it's it's there for like if I expanded this into top twenty five, it probably would be like either number like eleven or twelve or something even. Yeah, I'd find it hard to get 25 unless I started taking uh, moments and matches from just Rumble pay-per-view rather than just... I uh, asked Tony the same question. Yeah, I yeah. Said, Are we doing full pay-per-views? That's funny that Callum and I... Well, yeah, because I was I, my, cause I'd, I'd originally I'd put maybe more expanded list. Of, okay, Cactus Jack versus uh, Triple H, Triple H from, yeah. from two thousand, and uh, Angle versus Benoit from two thousand and three, and the uh, Triple Threat match of um, uh, Rollins, Lesnar, and uh, Cena from twenty fifteen. It's like yeah, I'm starting to fill this up, and then oh yeah, we're just gonna do the Rumble matches instead. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, really that's funny mode. that we had similar experiences <laughs> like that because. Rumble has, so has so many great matches on it. Like, obviously, the Rumble itself is a big event, and there's definitely more than enough great moments to fill up a top ten list. But, but then when you get into things like the first ever tables match happened at a Royal Rumble, and uh, and that, that, some just other interesting things that you can you could probably dig out from uh, Rumble's. Bob Holly gets the title match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that's crazy. Um, the absolute one of the two of the worst world title matches of all time in Scott Steiner versus <laughs> Triple H and uh, Kurt Angle versus Mark Henry, with, where the Undertaker makes the ring explode. You know what? Though? I did think about the Undertaker making the ring explode. That's a really cool <laughs> entrance. He comes out with the chariot. So like, there's a lot of fun rumble moments. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully, as we go along here, there might be more that makes you guys go, "Oh fuck, yeah, I forgot about that one." That's another. It probably one. will be. Yeah, it probably will be at least like from your side of things because I think that you two are going to go for a few more that are from the nineties. None, just as a spoiler, none of my uh, top moments in Rumble happened uh, like pre two thousand. I'm going to say something that might shock you. I only have one more thing on this list that's from pre two thousand. Wow, I've got a. Well, I, three? I figured you were going to no, make four, four things that are still pre ninety. Uh, uh, well, What's your next one? What's your next one then, Tony? 
So my number seven then is It Takes a King. Oh, right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is, uh, I'm assuming you guys don't have that on there. No. Um, I fucking love when people have like a funny spot that's actually funny. And this was attempted many more times with like the commentary teams over the years. Like, you know, Michael Cole comes in, Booker T comes in, JBL comes in and gets quickly eliminated. Pat McAfee this year, perfect example of it not working. And I didn't find the Pat McAfee one to be hilarious. He, he comes in, he's surprised that he's in the Royal Rumble. He just stares uh, down Omas and Breaker, gets ready to leave, comes back in, and then eliminates himself. That's not funny to me. But when Jerry Lawler is, this has got to be one of the first like truly surprising Royal Rumble entrants couple in the past you know 1980 something or whatever 1990 something like it might be like oh man wow you know in 1990 the fucking greg the hammer valentine's here and we didn't expect yeah, him no, they weren't doing that in 1990 anything. It, it, it wasn't really a thing as much and their closest examples to that are like you know bastion booger doesn't come out for that uh one Royal rumble or whatever but the commentator is going to be in the Royal rumble and yeah Lawler's a wrestler but it was still like Oh, he's going to leave the commentary booth to do that. But the fact that it sells so much better is when he's just, oh, it's the Royal Rumble. It's going to be won by royalty. It takes a king, takes off the headset, gets in there, two punches from Bret Hart, roll, uh, flips himself out of there. So it's already funny because it's a quick elimination. At that point, it's like the third or fourth quickest elimination in history. And he just goes and sits right back down and's like, "To know a King McMahon, <laughs> I it fucking I loved it at the time, and I still to this day the idea of that cracks me up." Jerry Lawler's so underrated. Is he on your list anymore throughout this? He is not on my list through the rest of this anymore. Okay, because I just wanted to bring out that this follows the year before when Jake Snake clears everyone out of the ring with this massive snake. And Lawler just hides under the ring for a good, like, seven minutes. Lawler yeah. hiding under the ring is on my honorable mentions. <laughs> like, it was, it's funny and it's good because, like, no one ever thinks about these things. But, yeah, like, King as a performer, probably underrated at this point. And that, too. Lawler hiding under the ring. That was, I'm pretty sure, the first time that that had happened. And then you had multiple times of that over the years. Like, Zelina Vega did it the one year and Hornswoggle. And it's just not as funny anymore. Lawler does it and it ends up being a big spot about like, you know, HBK being like, hey, Lawler's still under here, right? And the crowd's all like, fucking get him. And yeah, I, that's so good. That's my number seven. Um, I'll go next. My number seven is Paul London. Ouch. <laughs> In the 2005 Royal Rumble, when he gets clothesline from Gene Snitsky, takes a wonderful face bump off the apron and they actually bother to get him a stretcher and cart him out there because it was such a bump and it's one of the most gnarly looking illuminations in Royal Rumble history and a great moment for London who doesn't really have a lot of them in hindsight. He was laughing at uh, Vince's explosion thing. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote down the Paul London clothesline as either the second or the third thing when I started to write down my list. 
And then eventually I just, you know, had too many other things. So I had to bump it off. But that was one of the first things that I thought of for like, all right, this is in contention because that's one of my favorite eliminations ever for sure. And, and they should like do more of that. Like, uh, oh, they he, says he, wasn't, he says he didn't get hurt. Like he says that was him. You know, like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I think I think they should do more eliminations that are more like wild like that. Like I liked uh, Jordan Grace being eliminated from the KOD on the apron this year. Oh, that was, that was, that was fairly safe. Yeah, but like more like somebody does a move like that rather than just they they grab the person's head and they pretend like they're throwing them over when it's like you're not you're not even grabbing their hair they're bald what do you mean you you have that much of a grip on that person's head that you are taking a grown man or a grown woman and running them across the ring and throwing them over the top you know give me more clotheslines and more like somebody tries to save themselves and they get like a broke kick on the corner or something or you know the Paul London one's definitely one of the top ones for that. What's your number seven, Kellen? Um, I don't know whether I need to put a pin in this one or not. Maybe I'm the only person to mention it, but um, John Singer and Batista, a uh, guy over the top that right is at the my same number time. Six. So I think we can talk about it now. Uh, it's not uh, on my list. Yeah. So I just, I just think that it's it's wild and crazy this one because obviously we've had the Bret Hart and Lex Luger one, which I don't know someone will bring up. They might, might do something. But um, it's going to be but this up. one. <laughs> yeah, but this one was totally well, at least by everyone that's uh, spoken about it, completely spontaneous and wasn't meant to happen. Batista was just meant to throw John Cena over from the Batista bomb position over the top rope, but something goes wrong. They both go over at the exact same time. They land like hard on the mat, and then it's just a pure improvisation moment where they just like they're running into the ring, and one of them's putting their hand up saying "I won," and the, the SmackDown referees holding up uh, Cena's hand, and the Raw referees are holding up Batista's hand, and. Uh, a very uh, a now recently shamed uh, chairman comes down to the ring. Uh, it hilariously tears both quadriceps uh, <laughs> getting into the ring. Uh, oh, if, if only uh, life. Well, if, if only that was the end of it for him at that point. But uh, I think that it, yeah. But that was just it was just a really organic, like crazy moment that just came out of nowhere and made. And and at the end of the day, it's like two people that were made super big for the next five, well, in Batista's case, for the next like five plus years before his then ventures into Hollywood and sporadic returns. But for Cena, it's the one of the launching pads for his domination of WWE for the next 10, 15 plus years. And yeah, I just I just think that it's a it's a surreal moment that you probably will never see again because of how safely choreographed a lot of the uh a lot of the matches are so it's my number six and like callum says what makes it a great moment is that everybody still claims to this day john cena just did an interview with logan paul says yeah that happened because i fucked up i don't buy it i still think all of that is too good Mm -hmm. that you did something that wasn't planned if that wasn't planned then you need to start training people like that again because everyone involved and the referees on down perfectly played their role like the wrong guy thinks the wrong guy won and it's so good and then it's pounded by Vince just storming to the ring tears his quad tries to get up 
here's the other one. Like, you can't, you can't script this. And it's such an amazing moment. I still think you would have been fine if you just said they both won because they're both on separate brands. They both it end up going on to the title matches of WrestleMania. Yeah, like they both end up winning. Any like, difference. And it's it's just a great moment. And it highlights another great Royal Rumble. And kind of what I wish they would do now. A huge focus on the future. I, I love that moment. Yeah, I don't have that on the list. Uh, in part because I... That, I'm not going to spoil uh, too much, but like, yeah, the, the Brett and Luger thing I have on my list. And I think that that was done better. But I also like, there's a part of me that is kind of annoyed at the idea that they keep acting like that was a botch. And I'm like, come on. I don't fucking believe that at all. Um, but that's a, it's definitely one of those worthy contenders. Like, you know, I'm, I would be shocked if that's not on the vast majority of people's top 10 lists. So my number six is it's a little bit of a cop out answer. I don't know if this really could count this way, but I found it hard to split things up. It's Kofi Kingston's series of saving himself. And I kind of also lumped in Casey Catanzaro saving herself in 2019 now, technically, there is like Naomi and there is Mandy Rose with the whole Otis thing. And there is, you know, like there's been, you know, Kalani Jordan on an episode of NXT saved herself from a battle royal and whatever. But the main ones that stand out to me more than anything else, John Morrison for the first one of them, where he's doing the quote unquote Spider Man thing, that kind of sets the tone already. And then Kofi just blows it out of the water by doing all sorts of crazy things. Arguably my favorite, and that's why I kind of lumped that in with the Casey thing, is the handstand. Because that's just so goddamn impressive to me. So it's like, which one do I like better? Do I like better that Kofi saves himself by doing a handstand and then puts himself on the um, steel steps and gets back in? Or do I like Casey doing the handstand and then flipping herself up on the ring post. They're both equally like, holy fuck, I can't get out of bed and not potentially hurt myself. And these people are doing that. I wanted to put that up higher, but then my number five to number one are just things that I'm just like, crap, it's hard to take a, a lump sum thing of multiple moments and then justify having that in the top five. So I kind of, I handicapped it a little bit by just being like, well, I'm, I'm doing a cop out answer. So that's like, you know, saving yourself from an elimination. One of the best things you could do in a Royal Rumble for like entertainment value for me. And I'm so mad that Kofi Kingston didn't even try this year. I think it was the right move. Yeah. I haven't put any of those moments on there. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm maybe a little bit burned out on the, extravagant sides. So that's my number six. Rob's number six is Cena Batista. What's yours, uh, Callum? Uh, we might be putting a pin on this for a little bit longer, but because uh, it has already mentioned um, uh, the for not the final ten or so minutes of uh, Royal Rumble 2007. I think we're still putting a pin on it. Okay. <laughs> that's going to be one of our three first. That's funny. All right, so then Callum, what's your number five? Um, Kurt Angle, the 2005 Royal Rumble. 
Uh, it's a another one. It's a short and sweet thing. He comes out. He's out there for barely a minute. Comes in. He so the whole story of that one is that he um, he wrestled for the WWE Championship early in the night, and then he stole Nunzio's number, intimidated Nunzio to give him his number backstage. So he runs out to the ring. He just suplexes the hell out of everybody. Just throws tons of people all over the ring, and then he tries to angle stamp Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels gets out of it. Uh, pushes him away, super kicks him, kicks Angle out of the ring in less than a minute. And then afterwards, like a little while later, Angle gets in, eliminates Shawn Michaels, uh, beats the hell out of him with steel steps, um, forces to tap out on the steel steps because we know that uh, if you put a submission <laughs> move on a table or steps or anything like that, it's much more painful than if you do it anywhere else. And sets in motion what I consider the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Hard to argue. And again, another great example of setting shit up at the Royal Rumble for WrestleMania. Yep. And also, if you're keeping track now, that is the third moment on this list that involves Shawn Michaels. And the second third thing from 05. Yeah. Yep. I've, uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of rumbles that appear like a couple of times for me, because I think that they're great rumbles. And uh, yeah, 2005 one is one of the best ones. And yeah, this was just... Yeah, just an awesome, like, again, making the absolute most of your your time in the Rumble. You don't have to, like, it's like I don't want to just, like, crap on examples from this year's Rumble, but, you had, like, Andrade in the Rumble for, like, 20-odd minutes, what the fuck did he do? Right. Like, Nakamura yeah, was there, in the there Rumble. There was a lot 20. of that. There was a lot of just, like, what I, did they do? I mean, the Iron Man was Jey Uso. What did he actually do in the 15 minutes he was in the ring? Like he started it with Jimmy Uso, and then he might as well have just not been in it. He might as well have been invisible for the next forty nine minutes, and and then he got eliminated. Yeah. So, so yeah, Angle in for less than a minute and sets in motion a fantastic feud, which brought a sexy Kurt and <laughs> all this other, all this other and, great and stuff. And a great wrestling match, yeah. Well, great, a great wrestling match at WrestleMania, and then several other great matches that have followed for the remainder of two thousand five. These two were feuding for quite a bit, going into like two thousand five, two thousand six. So, yeah. And it's Kurt Angle's involved, and I always try and put a Kurt Angle moment on a on a top favorite list if I can. So you number five, Rob. AJ Styles debuts in 2016. Honorable mention for me. I think we can put a pin on that. Fair enough. Alrighty, uh, then my number five is uh, the record-breaking quickest elimination of all time: Santino Morella. <laughs> Uh, and Kane, you guys have that on your list? No, no. You're, it's so funny. It's coming out again. Like you're very much a moment-driven guy. That's how you're able to remember so much of these. Oh, totally. Because that is, it's the best elimination uh, in the Royal Rumble history. I think he runs out and immediately gets clotheslined, and it's one point nine seconds or something. And he just goes like, you know, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Yeah, him, <laughs> him screaming, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. That's what makes it good. Because like the bushwhacker thing. That's on my is, honorable mentions. <laughs> it's hysterical because you hear the stories of these guys and you just think, oh, these fuckers are just, you know, taking the piss and just didn't want to do anything. So it's like, all right, I'll just throw me out and I'll walk right back. I think that that's hilarious that he just walks in and gets tossed out by it's an earthquake. I think, earthquake, uh, yeah. yeah, he just like, hey pal, go this way, okay, <laughs> you know. But they've had a couple of like, quick eliminations, and some of them have been 
oddly like not funny but they just buried the person for some reason like um Owen Hart that one year I'm fucking forgetting which year it's it was 95 95 yeah it's they didn't bury him it's that shitty camera work because the whole thing is Brett gets revenge on Owen and he's like obsessed with getting Owen for costing him the title it's very serious and they don't show Owen getting eliminated by Lex Luger yeah it's just really poorly done but when you have the camera set up and you have it perfectly executed the way that they do for him to come in and go right out like that. I wonder how many times they had to rehearse that. They didn't. You don't think they did at all? That was just them being ridiculous. I highly doubt they were rehearsing these battle royals the way they do now. Well, a moment like that, I would think that they would, because look at what happened with Titus O'Neil. 2015 comes around and then they try to do it and it ends up, being a total yeah, because botch. You just hit the nail on the head. They tried to do they, it. Yeah, they tried to, they rehearsed it and they fucked it up because they were this, trying to get, do it right. This one was just, uh, this one was spontaneous. Yeah, it's two professionals that have been doing it for years and years at this point. And Morella, who's just a, a comedy master in ring, is just able to do it effectively just because he's that good. And Kane was just in the right place in the right time because Kane is, you yeah, know. He was also, you know, I've been doing this. I've been doing this for like thirteen, well, about fifteen years at this point in his career. So, I think that they just there were two professionals said, "Hey, I've got an idea for a spot," and then we'll just do it. Yeah, don't have to even try it. Imagine uh, how poor of a spot it is when you just put people that aren't as good in comparison, and then you see what happens. But you see it all the time. All all due respect to the people performing now, but you see it all the time now. Mm Hmm. Where it's like, oh, you can see what they're trying to go for, but they're not getting it. Yeah, like, oh, wow, they're standing there waiting for this person. So they're just like kind of wobbling back and forth like they're uh, uh, at the create a character screen or something, you know. But Santino and Kane, they pull it off and it's never going to be matched or exceeded, I think. I don't think anybody's going to be able to pull off quicker than that. You I can always get I, more eliminations until you eventually get to somebody that eliminates 30 people, but that can be, you know, that's got a limit for that too. And then, uh, you know, Santino, that's like every single run, run by the records thing is always going to have him on there is the longest time in a Royal rumble has been set on the traditional Royal rumble by Gunther or whatever. And then, you know, then the quickest is Santino. And by the time you get done saying Santino, the clip is over. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's my number five. My number four, to go back to what we had said before, because I don't think that Callum has it on his list, is the three faces of Foley. Yeah, it's not my list, yeah. So Rob had that at number eight. Yeah. I, of course, have made no uh, reservations that McFoley is one of my favorites of all time. And at the time... I was like, oh, cool. Cactus Jack is fun and dude love is fun and mankind is great. And McFoley himself, just all of this is all great. And when they started the Royal Rumble and it's Chainsaw Charlie and you've got, you know, Foley in there with him and all. And then they yeah, pretty quickly eliminate him in the grand scheme. I remember being disappointed and just being like, man, that sucks that he didn't end up doing more in this Royal Rumble. And like, why is Chainsaw Charlie sticking around instead of him being the quick elimination, whatever. And then of course, later on in the Royal Rumble, he pops up two more times. It's so fun. And it's another thing that's like 
it's never going to be able to happen again. They're not going to have, you know, I mean, they could have done it with Bray Wyatt, but they ended up not doing it. And of course now, unfortunately we won't be able to, and there's nobody else that has like multiple personalities or distinctive enough characters for that to be justified. Yeah. I'm surprised that they have never tried to do it again. Cause you know, through the years you could like hurricane and Gregory Helms could have probably pulled it off. Um, but holy, this is one of his standout moments. And the reason it's so low on my list is because it's like the only cool thing in that particular match. And Foley at the time, he's not doing anything great with it, but the feat itself is so impressive. And it's actually funny. You look at it now and you think that's a guy who, if you fast forward to what the Royal Rumble is now, there would have been so many spotlights on him to, Oh, is this the year that he becomes the guy to go to WrestleMania? And he just knew his role so well. Like, it was never about that. For better or worse, because I do think that some of, some people adopting Mick Foley's mentality is, has led to crappier moments in wrestling, but Mick Foley understood it's about the moment, and he's there to give you the greatest moment of that match, which is Texas Jack in first, Mankind in second, who I think ends up eliminating Funk, and then Mick uh, Dude Love at the end to kind of round it out. It's just a fun moment that will always get talked about forever. So, okay, we got the, the we put a pin on those couple of things. Um, number fours for you guys. I will go first. My number four is. Yes, I know where we're. we're we're in a moment right now with him, so yeah, yeah, a problematic, but Ric Flair's entire performance in 1992, and I should put an asterisk, Bobby Heenan's entire <laughs> performance in 1992 as well. This is the best for a Rumble of all time. It's so much fun to watch, and Flair is, he's in his element, he's in his zone, he's fighting all of these people who he's got a ton of history with. This is one of those matches that when I first saw it on the Ric Flair Legacy DVD in 2005, didn't hit as well as it hits every year after the more you learn about wrestling and you're going, my God, he goes right for Kerry Von Erich. My God, he goes right for Greg Valentine. Because it's just, it's a match to spotlight Flair. That's all this is. And he delivers. And then... Bobby Heenan has the performance of a lifetime right next to Gorilla Monsoon, who is also having the performance of a lifetime because he gets to shut down Heenan. And then when they when Flair wins, it's like the rare moment in WWE history at the time where the heel is going to crow about it and you can't do anything other than go, well, yeah, he did what he said he was going to do. Shit, I can't say anything. Just a really great performance and a really great match. Not on my list. Yeah, not on mine either. But, but yeah, it's, it, I it, mean, it's iconic. Yeah, like I think I think it's the I think it's the first great Rumble performance. Yeah, pretty much because like, does anybody talk about anything that happens in fucking the one that Big John Stud wins? No, <laughs> that sets the tone uh, for. I did think about putting 
the same reason I put Yokozuna winning, I did think about putting Hedy Biasi buys number 30, which is that Royal Rumble, because it makes so much that's, sense. Like that's just pure that. logic, yeah. You know, yeah. and we don't get enough of that. But, like, for example, I'm sure Tony is about to talk about in two seconds Shawn Michaels winning a Royal Rumble. And I would love to put that. Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler, too. But the 95 Rumble sucks. This Rumble rules. And Flair has a great performance. And, you know, I mean, they got the, like, that's not fair to Flair, like you talk about with Heenan. And, you know, it's a, the it's a skirt. The tear in my eye. <laughs> the tear in my eye promo. Put that <laughs> cigarette out. Like, it's the whole thing. It's, it's a so... kill. It's a kill. It's a skirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a kill. Thank you, Roddy. Thank you, Roddy. Kicks flare. It's a skirt, you freak. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great moments in that Royal Rumble, that's for sure. I hate the ending of it with fucking Sid and yeah, Hogan. They flipped it. Yeah, it's but so at dumb. The time, legitimately, like, and again, I've been going back and watching a lot of classic episodes of Superstars. I think they thought that they were going to be able to convince Hogan to turn because there's stuff leading up to and coming out of that. That just gets ixnated, but it's just a great Royal Rumble and one that I, it's like a comfort match for me. It's like Sean Razor in the ladder match and then this, like it's easy to throw on and just go, ah, that's great. One thing that's really good about that Rumble though is the final four and like the sense of who do you have as your final four. It's just, man, you make a couple tweaks to that WrestleMania and that Royal Rumble. I think it's so much better off. I would say that Sid eliminating Hulk Hogan is what I buy. It wasn't my extended list of best Rumble moments. <laughs> Just because the crowd pops so big for it, and then Hogan does a hissy fit. Hashtag my we favorite, want Sid. My favorite thing about that is they play the original commentary now, but if you go back and watch TV from that era, the commentary gets edited in to be like, oh, Sid Justice is such a bastard. How could he do that to Hogan? Ah. Because they just chickened out of having Hogan do anything interesting. Hmm. Uh, number four, Callum, we got um one that I don't I don't know def- again it might be one that we want to put a pin in at some point. Uh, John Cena's return in Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden two thousand eight. Yeah, put a pin in that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought so. Okay. Uh, then what's your number three? Me? Uh, I, oh, I'll, go I'll, I'll go with my one. I'll go with my one. Uh, AJ right. Styles de- uh, debuts in 2016. You have it, Tony? I don't have it on my list, and you have that at number five. So, so yeah, that. let's talk about it. This rules. It, I can tell Except you for camera work. One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the camera work when we talk about Edge in a little while. But uh, this moment, I remember exactly what I was doing, where I was sitting, who I was talking to, it's one of those moments where you go, I don't know this song. And like the gears are turning in your brain. <laughs> and it's different so than I, the way it is now where you go, I don't know this song because yeah, the songs because are not memorable. <laughs> right. Like now it's like, I don't know this song. Oh, it's fucking Gargano. Like what? <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God, I don't know this song. I think they got AJ Styles. And then when you hear the crowd pop, and just you see him come out, and it's just like the coolest thing. 
because that had never been done before. Of like, holy shit, this guy who it's laughable now. You know, he's going on his ninth year in the company, but you never thought WWE would take AJ Styles. Like, you just never thought that they would. And he comes in at number three in the Rumble. And for the moment, you're thinking, this guy's going to win the fucking, he could win the championship if they really want to go with him. And it's, it's such a cool moment. Uh, AJ's had a great career in WWE. They should have shown the Titantron because if people would have saw I Am, they would have realized immediately it's AJ. Because when that word phenomenal hits, the crowd loses their minds. Uh, great debut. That's how you should debut a talent in the Rumble should they ever need to again. They did fantastic with Jordan Grace as well. But yeah, great moment. Easily one of the best. I mean, that I did have that in my honorable mentions because it's just... Like you said, I mean, how, when do you get an opportunity to bring somebody in for the first time in a Royal Rumble, period? When do you get an opportunity to do that with somebody who is that big of a star? As opposed to it being like, hey, for the first time ever, technically, that, you know, uh, Doug Gilbert wrestled a match in 95 or something, you know, where it's like, okay, well, that, you know, nobody's going to pop crazy for that situation, but for styles to pop up there and for him to actually be on the roster and not just somebody who is, you know, popping in as a little guest spot or something. Huge, huge moment. I really wish that they wouldn't have fucked up that camera work. Yeah. Just a, a surreal moment of seeing Mr. TNA come out and be WWE. I know by this point, he'd been out of TNA for a few years and been doing great stuff in ring of honor and new Japan pro wrestling as well. So I think that I'd kind of like almost because I wasn't watching New Japan as rigorously as I do now at that point. And so it was it almost like gone dark a little bit for me because I, it wasn't in TNA anymore. And to be fair, I wasn't really watching much of TNA at that point anymore because you have things like Dixie Carter being a character and all those issues. So, um, yeah, to have Styles come in and that it's supposed to be followed by like Nakamura coming in and that in in uh intake of new japan talent coming in at the same time like back in the days when wwe could actually sign free agents um which which they seemingly can't do anymore uh i think that it was um yeah it was it was it was just a a moment of just just you you never expect to see aj styles the guy that you'd watch for over a decade in TNA come out and be like a WWE superstar and then everything that happened afterwards at least for the first few years was yeah super great for him so that covers Cal's number three what's your number three Rob uh, John Cena returns in 2000 we can still put a pin in it yeah but so <laughs> uh my number three is the 1994 Royal Rumble finish with uh Bret Hart and Lex Luger as the co-winners. The only good thing about that match. <laughs> Just watched it. It's yeah, not great. Go back go back and listen to the uh fan tracks or fan outs table that we did. You'll see that it's 
it's got a lot of problems to it, but it's it, very mid. It's just, it's very strange too when you think about it. Um, yeah, it's a great moment, and it's made even better in years uh, past when Luger's just like, yeah, nobody but Brett could have done that. I love how they have those two as the two that you know people are like rooting for to win the Royal Rumble. So it makes sense for them to both be in the running to do that. I love that they have something prior to it for both of them to be like that. They have to struggle for it. I love even more so than anything, the way that they execute the actual finale to it, because they just managed to pull it off so perfectly. And I also love that they don't do the whole thing that they do in 05 of like, well, we have to just restart the match and then Batista wins. And that's, you know, kind of deflates the moment. I like that they do the back and forth and it ends up just being the co-winners of that. And we'll, we'll sort it out and they'll both get a shot at WrestleMania. And, you know, of course we know how that ends up working and, uh, WrestleMania 10 ends with one of the best endings of WrestleMania, I think of all time. So, that's a stretch. I know what you're referring to specifically, but that is a stretch. <laughs> I th- I think Brett winning that belt from Yoko and then uh, everybody celebrating and Owen being all pissy about it. I I think it's legit one of the best endings of Mania ever. It, it's an iconic shot and it's perfect for that era. I get what you're going for. I would hope beyond hope that WrestleMania 40 continues the trend of you know you got wrestlemania 10 ends with that like super happy big celebration great moment the right champion is the right champion wrestlemania 20 ends with redacted you know it's problematic now but it was eddie and chris benoit and the big celebration and all wrestlemania 30 ends with the big celebration of the right champion the right champion with daniel bryan uh, can we get the Cody one? <laughs> can we get everybody holding up Cody and doing that? We'll talk about it more on Friday. Uh, I don't even yeah, know if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not on your list, uh, I would assume. No. No. No, because it happens pre, pre-2000. Yeah. All right. So your number twos. Who's got the uh, Undertaker and uh, 07? That would be me. <laughs> that would be me. That. That is one of the best finishes of a Royal Rumble of all time. Again, another one of those moments where I know exactly where I was sitting. I remember the chills that I was feeling because for context, again, like I was saying with the Matt Stryker thing, this is 2007. Nobody was talking about the extensive history between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and oh my god, they had the first Hall in a Cell and Taker incidentally retired him. Nobody's talking about that. This is the first time in five years that they're even touching. And it's in the final two of the Royal Rumble, which again, at the time, wasn't like this big back and forth mini match. And they have a genius match, which either one of them could have went because again, like, and Batista, they both end up going anyway. And it was just a matter of who you're giving the Rumble to. And you get Taker to win his first Royal Rumble. First guy ever to win from number 30 as well. Um, Michaels probably never looked better up to that point since he'd come back. Taker 
this is the start of him actually putting on banger matches consistently. And then if you follow that trend to they kick off the next year's Royal Rumble in the Garden, and then you follow that with Rumble the year after, they have another face-to-face meeting where Undertaker tells them sometimes it's hell getting to heaven, and then they have four years of shit that has been talked about to death. Mm-hmm. But this is the start of all of that, and it's so good to go back and watch it. It's a great final two. They have such good chemistry. They're two of the best ever to do it. And again, this wasn't talked about or a thing that they were doing. It's just so good and so fun. I could talk about it all day. I have it at my number nine. Callum's got it as number six. It's the 07 Royal Rumble is one of the most well-crafted Royal Rumbles, I think. It's just kind of, it's solid all the way through. And for them to do the number 30 spot, and to have it be somebody who's a big dude, and it makes sense for them to win. And it makes sense for him to go on to WrestleMania that year, too. It's not like they just did the number 30 spot for the sake of it, because they just, you know, like, it's kind of seeming like this year that they just sort of gave Cody the two back-to-back things. Fuck it. Let's just do it, even if we don't have a plan. Like, no, Undertaker was going to WrestleMania. He was going to win the title then, and it made perfect sense for him to finally win a Royal Rumble and for somebody to finally win a number 30 and to do all that. But yeah, all the stuff that happens after that, you know, he takes out Kali and all, and like they settle it with a really good final four. And it could have very easily just been the final four. And we do the normal thing of quickly eliminating, you know, one and then two, and then, you know, we're, we're done. But HBK and Taker have a great contest back and forth there, and you're not going to be hard-pressed to sell me on Edge, Orton, Taker, and HBK in a Final Four, and then my two favorites of all time being at the end of the Royal Rumble. Like, I remember going crazy over that, being like, did I fucking book this? Like, you know, It's crazy. It's really one of those things, too, where it's the strength of the roster. Like, that year, there's zero surprises. They tell you, early last year, they do it. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Callum, but they tell you everyone that's going to be in that Royal Rumble. The graphic itself is just all 30 guys because they're just like, look at who we have. It's the most star-studded Royal Rumble of all time, and they deliver. I mean, they certainly deliver at the end. I don't know if, if, if across the entirety of it, it's the most star-studded Rumble of all time, and you've got... Finley uh, and, and Carly <laughs> Owen to whoever else, but uh, but yeah, this was it, I think it's one of, if not the best ending to a Royal Rumble ever. The fact that these two go like an extra, have a like a little mini match at the end of it is great. There's a lot of, I mean, adding some other context. This was in San Antonio, so this was like, I believe it was, wasn't it? it was San Antonio, where it's like, I think this was Michael's hometown. But that, this if it was in San Antonio, then. Oh yeah, yes, but um, but yeah, but so that added thing. There's only one thing I dislike about this whole thing is the fact that Michaels was in DX gear. Yeah, that's something I would carry through the entire road to WrestleMania. Like I hate that his entrance that year is DX. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know that this wasn't the way it was supposed to go because of Triple H getting injured and all that stuff. But uh, but yeah, it's way better. uh, But just (laughs) go back to being Shawn Michaels at that point. 
and uh, yeah, this I'd say this was just a great little way to end it, and because they've been so they've been kept apart their entire time since Michael's return, because Undertaker had been exclusively on SmackDown, Michael's exclusively on Raw, so this was the first, and that's, this is the time where they actually cared about brand split. And so this is the first real time they came into contact with each other since The Undertaker injured Shawn Michaels and at that in that casket match, really. So, yeah, that, it, it all came together perfectly for this one. And I would even go further to say the follow-up, the decision-making, where for one year they're treating the ECW Championship like it's a legit championship, and you have the three perfect champions for Taker to do this with, because it's John, Lashley, and Batista, and they all could pose a threat to Taker. Like, again, the strength of that roster was next level at the time. It's, it's also the first, it was the catalyst for the first time that Undertaker could win the World Championship since 2002. Yep. So it's they all across the board. That's a great stretch of the road to WrestleMania that time. Not like necessarily like all oh, the cross the board every episode of Raw is great, but like but that the top idea of the card was great. And I think mm-hmm. as long as that's great, everything follows, and it's so much fun. You number two, Callum. Shawn Michaels' performance in the 2010 Royal Rumble. That came very, very, very close to being on my list because that is another great thing, and it also leads into The Undertaker, and I'm going to let you talk. I think this is the greatest performance in a Royal Rumble match ever in terms of just feeling like this match. Obviously, we know the Royal Rumble matters and the person wins it goes to WrestleMania, but this felt like it wasn't just about winning a world title match. This was the the guy putting his life almost on the line to win this match and just everything from the moment he comes into the ring and he's throwing people out left, right and centre, just immediately that desperation. It ends up with him and Triple H and then John Cena comes out and they're all staring off each other, immediately kicks Triple H out, showing that he's like, this is, he he's going to win the Royal Rumble come hella high wall. No friends, no allegiances, no nothing. He's coming out to win it. It kind of like, I say curtails a little bit in the middle because you have to fill up with other people. But to be fair, this is one of those rare rumbles where there isn't really a glut of people in the ring at any given time. They kind of separate it out quite a lot. And people come in, there's usually only like four, five, six people at most at a time in the ring, and then they're just throwing people out. Comes down to the final four with Michael, Cena, Edge and Batista, and then they're all hitting their finishes on each other. Michael super kicks Edge back into the ring, and then Batista goes after Michaels, and Michaels just clawing at the ropes, just clawing for it. I think it's one it, just because of the realism of it, because it's just like you. It's one of the only eliminations where I feel like, oh, what? Not so much like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen, but you could believe that it wasn't supposed to happen because he's just clawing for it, and he takes a hard bump to the ground. He doesn't go to protect himself or anything on the landing. It's not an overly choreographed thing, because he literally just it's just Batista attacking Michael's hands, and Michael's losing his grip on the ro- on the ropes. And it's, yeah, it's absolutely perfect. I think Michael, and then he comes back in the ring afterwards, he hits a referee and all this other stuff. It's It shows the absolute desperation that would be the, the lead-up to that retirement match at WrestleMania. 
which is obviously now uh, ruined by the fact that they had a match in Saudi Arabia afterwards. But like, <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we try and forget about yeah, we try and forget now? about all of that happening. And Michael okay. wrestling bald. But, I, got, uh, oh, I hate that. I gotta tell you though, great moments, great performance. Uh, like you say, it encapsulates the importance of this match and how he's like, I need to win this. And we need more of this. We need more sloppy eliminations like that where they're just like, they're so exhausted and Batista's just sort of moving his hands and just happens to catch Michaels where he slips. And the immediate just like, oh, I'm not going to fight The Undertaker now. What the hell am I going to do? I think what we're learning here is that Shawn Michaels is also making a case for Mr. Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And that's the kind of thing that I wish was being taught to NXT superstars. Because when I think of Michaels, this is what I think of. Nobody made the performance of it all matter more. And yeah, what, a, what an amazing performance i remember being so disappointed <laughs> of course like i was happy that edge returned later on and you know that but like i remember being so mad that like hbk didn't end up winning that one uh so that transitions me into my number two john michaels 1995 the royal rumble sucks i'm, I'm not gonna deny that 95 has like shit people in it it's super fast but the two things as far as like Royal Rumble moments and favorite moments and all, if we're talking best Royal Rumbles, yeah, I'm not going to put 95 in there whatsoever. That's on the list of one of the worst Royal Rumbles, but moments Shawn Michaels wins from number one. And he also at the same time sets up the super important, both feet have to hit the floor rule. To the point that it's, you know, the Shawn Michaels rule. Up until then, it was just like, okay, well, you know, you're out and you're out. And there wasn't anybody even trying to do anything like that. Then it turns into people being able to do things like skinning the cat. It turns into people, which I still always think that it's funny that that's the term that we use for that. But, you know, whatever. It turns into the Kofi Kingston stuff, Casey Catanzaro, Naomi, John Morrison. It, you know, people that have like, Kyrie Sane this year, like, or, you know, the amount of times that we've had, even like the situation with The Rock in 2000, where it was like, okay, technically he might have had his feet hit first, and then that's controversial. And 05 with the Cena stuff, and, um, you know, it was like a, a little bit of that with 94 the year prior, with, you know, whose feet touched the four uh, first. But there wasn't a debate about both feet or anything. It was just who got eliminated, quote unquote. So Michaels ends up pulling off a feat that nobody was able to do prior to that and just shows how fucking athletic he was and all. And of course, yeah, it's a little bit of a sentimental pick when it comes to just they my favorite one, the Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's really cool. I think that he was probably supposed to skin the cat and he just didn't get thrown over in a way that he could himself up in that way but the shot of the one foot dangling mm -hmm. is a great image 
Um, and he really like mind. he sells it as like it's like ah uh, he was almost ah uh, he's almost ah uh, and he's like trying to swing it back up and eventually gets that and yeah the crowd's all like what the fuck's happening you know and they have to explain but both feet didn't hit the floor and it's like oh you douche because he's a heel at the time so so that's one of the reasons why it's not on mine like if, it, if i had a top 20 it would have been on there but follow through is very strange because the build to that wrestlemania for sean is the most baby face build yeah of all time where all he does is win the Royal Rumble from the number one position like nobody else ever has before. And then the story is, hey, you accidentally kicked your partner three times. He's going to beat you up. Anyway, watch this match with this football player. That's Check out so these like hot the- chicks that are ringside. <laughs> yeah, so like a lot of that I don't like, but it's definitely iconic. I do wish, especially now that we've seen so many people go the distance, I do wish he had been one to do it in a better match, mm-hmm. but it is one of the most iconic runs. So we know what Rob's number one is. We know what my number one is, but Callum's number one is a little bit of a mystery. What's yours? Number one, Callum. Uh, Brock Lesnar destroys the field in the 2020 Royal Rumble and is eliminated by Drew McIntyre. I'm very close to being on my list as well. Listen, yeah, it was very close to a, my list too. Listen, it's a bad time to talk about Brock Lesnar and how great that's Brock why I, is. <laughs> I chose and my I, ba- my battles with Flair, but mm-hmm. I understand. And I t- and I don't understand that uh, it's not it's not a good time to talk about like the Brock Lesnar being a good guy because he clearly isn't. But he was a great wrestler and a great performer, and this was it, it's one of my it's probably my favorite Rumble of all time. It's the 2020 Royal Rumble. In terms of just the way that it's laid out and structured, with just okay, we're going to dedicate the first half of this rumble to Brock Lesnar killing people over and over and over again. You get those great moments of him like calling a uh, Keith Lee a big boy coming into the ring and like just throwing him around the place and involved with like Kofi Kingston and the New Day getting involved in it and had Rey Mysterio because they'd recently feuded over the title as well. So you got some little tidbits and moments got the mvp returns in this one and yeah you had a uh, shelton benjamin be involved in it as well and there yeah, and the like, kind of friendship with brock and then it's like nope never mind <laughs> yeah and so that all just kind of builds that's like oh, okay lesnar's just gonna you'd get the feeling that Lesnar's just gonna wipe out the whole field he's a wwe champion and like just gonna win the rumble and then he'll just cheese whoever he's facing wrestlemania and then drew mcintyre comes out well first ricochet comes out and Ricochet hangs around for a little bit longer. Which and again, they've got their feud going on, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this was the kickoff. No, this this ends feud. up leading to the feud, which was... Uh, Leads to that awful... Uh, no, it had started prior to that, because Ricochet was mad at Lesnar heading into the Rumble. Okay. Huh. I don't so. remember exactly what, it had, what had happened, but it was like something on like Raw or something, I think. Maybe he kicked him in the balls. I know Ricochet ends up kicking him in the balls here. Yes, yeah, Ricochet ends up, yeah, so Ricochet's out the first round, then McIntyre comes out, and it's just literally like a kick in the balls from Ricochet to Lesnar that stacks him, and then uh, McIntyre Claymore kicks him out of the ring. And then, okay, now you're off to the races to not the most fondly remembered WrestleMania of all time, <laughs> that happened in front of him, nobody, but the fact that 
you've just established, okay, Lesnar's just been so dominant for so long and he's been wiping out the entire field and this guy's coming in and he's going to slay the beast. And I think it's the, to me, it's the greatest elimination of all time because of just the impact of the Claymore kick and the fact that Lesnar just leaps out of the ring, just like go, like just goes straight over the top. He's like sitting down next to the announce table. We can't believe what just happened to him. McIntyre's going crazy. And then you've built off of that with the, the edge return as well, which obviously we'll talk about in a little bit more, but um but yeah, that that this was a great first half of the rumble, and then they built off it with other stuff following on from it. But yeah, I just think that it's it's a it was a, such a great starting point for this rumble. Something very unique, very different, with elements of things. We've had the instance of we mentioned before about the Austin stuff in '97, and uh, yeah, the yeah, decent spot and Kane yeah, eliminating everybody, and yeah. yeah. But they never done one for such a sustained amount of time. Mm-hmm involving so many different people coming in and out of the ring as well. And then it having the kind of like the perfect culmination of him just getting straight out eliminated without spoiling too much between these two, because we knew that these two would be fighting each other at WrestleMania. So it doesn't spoil too much because it's literally just one Claymore kick and he's done. So yeah, I'd say I thought this is a perfect build for their, their match at WrestleMania 36, which should have, well, if the world had cooperated, which would have been a bigger deal than it was. It's so many things would be so different now if everybody would have just fucking stayed inside. <laughs> for- you know, I, like, even stuff like Undertaker, like, Undertaker would have had a match with AJ. Mm-hmm. He would have had a real match. We could have gotten something different, maybe with, like, the Shayna and Becky and Asuka thing. We could have gotten, gotten WrestleMania. We would have gotten Edge and Randy in a 45-minute uh, backstage brawl. We would have gotten the uh like the roster would have been normal instead of it being like hey let's have uh brendan vink because he wasn't do content at the time be like let's can you save monday night raw and we probably would have had wrestlemania hollywood the year that was supposed to be and maybe the rock would have been in there and maybe we wouldn't be in this position we would have had the rock and the roman and goldberg thing differently instead of braun Strowman having a very unique way of being added into there never gonna let them live that down um yeah fantastic 2020 royal rumble it's super fun and like you said like we've had many people that have been eliminating people but they've typically eliminated like seven and it's been throughout you know there's four four people in the ring or whatever never number one throw us at number two number three number four number five number six number seven or eight and you're like oh my god this guy's gonna go up to number 29 and you know by the way that is that's one of the few paths that you can still go in royal rumble guy eliminates all 29 guys now at this point i don't even think i want it to be done but who knows what happens in 2050 as if i'm gonna still be around yeah (laughs) The other, the, the other path of, like, no eliminations happening until number 30 comes out. Yeah, there's, that's another one that I'm surprised they haven't done yet. <laughs> that would drive Caroline crazy. Every, like, um, even if it's, like, a six-man tag, she's like, there's too many people in the ring. <laughs> this is too uh, uh, too stimulating. And when the Royal Rumble happens, she's just like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> the too many people thing. Uh, all right, so Rob, tell us uh, why Edge returning is number one when he's your favorite of all time. <laughs> well, it's funny that you should say that. Even beyond that, I think the moment itself being so shocking because 
With Brian Danielson, he always said, he's like, well, if they don't fucking clear me, I'm just going to go to Japan and Mexico. I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle, you know? And with Edge, it was so clear, I cannot wrestle. If I take a bump, I will die. They even they did, like, years of spots where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, somebody might touch him. He might be paralyzed on the spot. So when he hits the spear to Elias at SummerSlam, you're like, oh, that was really cool. I'm glad he got to do that in Toronto. And then when you hear... Oh, Edge might be in the Rumble. And this is even me at the time just being like, yeah, I won't believe it until I see it. And then it happens. And then, like, he's got that amazing shot of his face being like, huh? Because he, he can't process that he's here. And then the camera misses his fucking spear because <laughs> gotta get that crowd shot. Ha ha. Fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> There's so many good elements of that, and it's hard not to make that number one. I didn't, of course, but, like, it's it's got to be, you know, in contention. I know it's a small thing, but, like, I don't like Adam Copeland with short hair. I just don't. Me neither. I like long hair and edge, too. He came back looking like Edge, but with, you know... The scars of time, let's say. Like, he looked really good. And he was in great shape. And suddenly you're going... Because I remember going into that Rumble. It was like, well, Roman's going to win and he's going to beat Bray Wyatt. Because it was still very much big dog Roman. Like, that's just what they're going to do with him. And then you get down to the final three. And Edge is in the final three. And you're going... They had the opportunity to do the coolest thing ever. And all, all things considered, I think McIntyre being that one of that three to win kind of sucks. But Edge returning when he honestly never should have, and he's had a fun run. I can't say it's been a good run. They haven't loved everything he's done. But it's been a fun run, and he's getting to end his career on his terms. This was a magical moment. And that's what the Royal Rumble is. But Tony, you still got one more magical moment to talk about. I will. And uh, before I do that, though, I want us, because this is one that we have on all three of ours, uh, let's talk about some of our honorable mentions we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, I have, yeah, I, like we mentioned, like I had the Paul London clothesline and all. Um, some other moments that I had in my running for some of my favorite moments. Uh, Too Cool, Dancing in the Ring in 2000. And yeah, then Rikishi like eliminating them. Like, that's just funny to be like, let's stop the action. Let's all do this. And then, eh, fuck you. I'm just going to eliminate you. China showing up in the uh, men's Royal Rumble for the first time. Pretty I cool moment. Well. A little bit hindered over the years from it being like, and then she pops up in the next one. And then eventually, you know, Beth Phoenix pops up in there. And then I Karma pops up. And then Naya. And then Jack's getting in the men's Royal Rumble 2019 and eating everybody's finishers. See that I hated outside of that. She took all the finishers because I was like, Oh, now you have the women's Royal Rumble. Now it doesn't make any sense to do that. But when that it was true, just the men's, it was like, cool. Beth is in there and she's taking out Kali and like, yeah, but karma was like, 
kicking ass. Like she threw Dolph Ziggler like uh, around and all. And uh, never seen again. Yeah, um, that's that's another one of those. I wish you know. Um, I mentioned uh, you know, of course, like the Kane sets a new record, Diesel Kane, spot thing. Kane setting record was on mine because it lasted for so long. Nowadays, you get a fucking record broken every other year. Yeah, that record lasted so long. That I was a really good, and it, some of the eliminations in that are really fun too. I had Roman breaking the record too, just because like, again. That lasted 13 years. At the time, I was only 21, 22. So it was like that record lasted the majority of my life. Yeah, Roman beating the record, Strowman and Lesnar beating the record. They're tied now. Um, the Lesnar eliminating Drew McIntyre, I think. Yeah. Um, sentimental I pick have- of uh, HBK eliminating Diesel in 96 to win. I always liked how that goes down with the, uh, not only because yeah like not only is it because Shawn michaels wins and you know i was like rooting for him and all at the time but the way that like it's those two the two that had the previous wrestlemania match those two are you know buds and he's also the biggest dude that's in the match other than vader which i, I don't really love the vader elimination and all that much but i, I hate the vader yoko yeah, so Shawn Michaels is able to. I hate that. It should have just been like Vader and Yoko eliminate each other, and that should have been a match at WrestleMania. Like I, I don't know why they they didn't do that, but the like the super kick to Diesel to get him over the ropes, I always thought was really cool. The Titus O'Neil thing, Bushwhacker Luke. Is it Luke that uh, goes in and out, or is it Bush? I think it's Luke. Okay. Um, r Truth uh, being confused about the matches couple times like bringing out the ladder and that one where a rumble <laughs> that was fucking hilarious the spot uh, from this year is almost made it because that's a very the hot tag thing was hysterical the hot, the hot tag is so good yeah um but uh the thing that we have that one of the only two things that we have all three of us on the list my number one 2008 comes around john cena is supposed to be out for six plus months whatever it is nine months a year you know and you're you're going through the list and the 08 uh, 08 Royal Rumble has some really good stuff to it but it also has a lot of just like who gives a shit and some flat out bad moments like I absolutely fucking detest the Hornswoggle elimination from that Royal Rumble where it's just like Oh, Finley, quote unquote, jumped the gun and used a shillelagh. So that means that he's eliminated. And all. it's like, what? And and he just tells Hornswoggle to leave. I fucking hate that with passion. But we're getting into like Batista and Umaga and Triple H and all. And it seems like it's a pretty done deal that Triple H is just going to win this Royal Rumble. And I remember watching this live and everybody in the chat, because I'm like, streaming it on a website that everybody's you know nobody's paying for it at that time (laughs) and uh everybody's like ah fuck triple h is gonna win this and it's just gonna be that or whatever number 30 comes around and we've already had our big surprise with snooka yada yada problematic and roddy roddy piper and all and mcfoley was in that one too foley's in there we've got take it or leave it some good moments with some other people and stuff and then number 30 hits and it's just seen this music plays and there's a split second of three different reactions it's total silence absolute crazy like that can't be cena 
holy fuck it is cena of course eventually they start going like oh wait never mind he's gonna win boo you know whatever but that was so incredibly shocking easily one of the most shocking things i've ever seen when it came to like pure fandom like uh i did not see that coming and i'm excited and happy as opposed to i didn't see that coming what the fuck are they thinking <laughs> like you know when the when brock lesnar beats the undertaker at mania and i'm just like that wasn't a three that that like that no that didn't happen this was like oh my god cena's back and it was the first time since i had gotten back into uh wrestling in like oh six uh i of course had missed the boat of like who this john cena guy is and i had to like kind of freshen myself up about like who this what the story was and oh okay so he wins the Royal rumble in 05 and this and that blah 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 and people just hated cena by this uh 08 Royal rumble and i had gotten a little sick of him too because even though i had only been watching it for a few years i was all like uh, i can kind of see why people think this guy's cheesy and i'm not really digging it and yeah he does pretty much just win everything and it's the same story and i'm bored and whatever this was the first time that i went fuck actually i like cena <laughs> and uh, then i was like okay i i only want it to be cena and orton at mania i don't want triple h to be involved and you know of course it doesn't work out that way but i absolutely love oc uh 08 cena uh return yeah i mean i was in the building for it and it's just that general like oh my god this is insane they said he'd be out forever and i think in the long run it hurt him a little bit because this was the beginning of like getting around to that super cena type of stuff i was like jesus christ you have, you're supposed to be gone for 10 months and you still come back in three and i remember like just just generally at the time being a 14 year old who was kind of like yeah this guy beats all my favorites i kind of don't like that and of course subsequent road to wrestlemania aside because silly but the <laughs> moment itself is fantastic and it's one of the true like holy shit moments in history and anything can happen and it's just a great moment and it's a great royal rumble win for john cena yeah i mean can't really add too much more about that that's a complete shock due to the fact that he had been injured only a little while ago and it was a torn pectoral muscle so everyone just tuned okay yeah you're out for close to a year comes back way ahead of schedule and uh, well one of the things that i like most about this is obviously just watching it on tv it's the it's the i think it's really the last time they use that madison square garden yep. entrance where it's it's not a proper ramp at the side. It's that little corridor down the middle. We can see the whole Titantron and Cena's like interacting with people that are hanging over the the guardrail and banister surrounding it. And it's just, yeah, and it just makes it feel more organic and crazy because he's just surrounded by people as he comes out and then gets in the ring. And you have a big, you have a pretty cool final three with 
Triple H and Batista and Cena are all going after each other and Cena wins. As Rob says, the less you say about the uh, the follow-up is the better because Cena came back way too early for his body, which means they had to uh, speed up the him cash, cashing in his Royal Rumble win at uh, No Way Out instead and then the whole triple threat match at WrestleMania 24, which absolutely sucked and was rightly not the main event of that show. Yeah, but thankfully they had Edge and the Undertaker do a good job instead. One of my favorite but, main events of Mania. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but, but this this moment was just absolutely crazy, and probably the last time for a good number of years that John Cena got a positive reaction in a in a wrestling building. It is one of the two things we have on all three of our lists. The other one being the Undertaker 07 thing. We've got a couple for the twofers. Uh, Edge Returns, which like just barely didn't make my list and uh, effectively should have in some ways. The AJ Styles debut, another one that's super close to there. The Cena of 05, the Three Faces of Foley. So obviously if we were going to be doing our like debate type of thing, we would be like leaning towards those. Um but we're not going to be doing that for this episode. So you get a variety of uh, picks this time around for favorites. And, you know, as I said before, if you agree or you disagree, you think we've missed out on some things, or you got some other standout moments that you really, really liked that you think we should have been mentioning that we didn't or something, drop them in the comment section below. Tell us what your lists were. And, you know, I think I might revisit this maybe in some kind of way. Maybe I will try to set aside some time to do like a top 10 funny moments, top 10 eliminations, top 10 surprise entrance, whatever it might be. Can't promise it necessarily yet. I don't know what we're going to do necessarily for the dark cast for this month yet either, but might happen. There's a, there's a list of like 20 different topics that I have when it comes to the dark cast for this month. And uh, we'll see if that comes around, but we know that you guys have been enjoying when we have these more, uh, generalized discussions and we do things like our favorite lists of all time and stuff. So we want to try to do a little bit more of that this year. And hopefully you enjoyed us uh, talking about the Royal rumble while we still can and not a hundred percent going into elimination chamber stuff. But we also have another one of those things that you guys tend to like a lot that we have a lot of fun doing. That's Royal rumble based coming up soon because the next episode of this podcast if it's not the dark cast and of course ignoring the hot tags the current plan is to do the mock draft of the elimination chamber participants for next week uh, we're not going to do anything valentine's day based <laughs> it's uh you know we, i think we've exhausted every idea that we can when it comes to valentine topics in our wrestling what do you, what do you, well, that's the thing that's that's outside of the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, we wanted to try to do something Elimination Chamber based. Callum was able to take all the people and sort them all out. So we have our uh, our board set up in advance and we're going to probably truck along there and do that and, uh, you know, kind of shift our focus away from the Royal Rumble into Elimination Chamber. But Royal Rumble still fresh and yeah, it's always good to talk about fun moments and history of the Royal Rumbles because it's still one of the most fun things that they have out there so um, drop your thoughts in the comments below as I said make sure that you are jumping on the discord keep the discussion going there too make sure you are checking out whatever that future dark cast is going to be over on Patreon or the YouTube channel membership 
whether it is the Royal Rumble thing or it's something completely different. I don't know. Maybe it ends up being just a random fan outs table or it ends up being uh, one of those times that it's one in the morning and I'm like, Hey Rob, you want to record just something random or maybe all the three of us sit down and we've got like a true legit plan of like, I don't know, fucking Belterbury or something. I highly doubt that would be the one, but uh, you can find that stuff all over the place on smartoutmoment.com. Of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smartoutmoment. Check out the Fanboys Anonymous content over on fanboysanonymous.com and all the social media accounts that you can see there. And you go to the link tree on amangotree.com and you will find those links to both those two branches of a mango tree and anything else that I've got that I felt like putting on there. So follow me at Tony Mango and follow Robin Callum. Yep. Follow me everywhere at Duke Police. Check out my work on Fightful. Check out Fightful Select as we gear up towards the busiest time in the world of wrestling, including a WrestleMania press conference. Tomorrow, which Sean Rossap will be at. Ooh, in advance for tomorrow. (laughs) Hopefully we know by the time we're doing the hot tags, my only wish is that we know what the men's matches are for WrestleMania. We probably won't. Um, (laughs) Yeah, follow me everywhere and check out what Calm has going on. So you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out the power rankings every single week on smartcanona.com where I'm ranking the WWE superstars based on their previous week's performances. Cody was number one last week. It's not going to be this week, I don't think. But, uh, <laughs> it'll be The Rock, yeah. The, Rock, the Rock's taking Cody's place as the, uh, as the number one of the power rankings as well. But uh, yeah, find all that stuff. You can also check out the Fantasy League over at www.fantasyleague.com or find it through Smart Moments Navigation. See how our teams are performing, who's picking up points, heading into up next Elimination Chamber, the final rest stop before WrestleMania. So yeah, make sure you're following along because it's heading into the home straight now. So we'll soon find out who the winner of this season will be. And of course, any other updates of like trades or, you know, whatever, uh, if they happen, we will fill you in on them after they do. <laughs> That's kind of the, uh, you know, can't do that beforehand, but hot tags coming up later on this week. We will talk about a variety of different topics that I already have written down. Muhammad Ali is in the 2K24 game. Uh, Dijak might be leaving. For some reason, people are sending death threats to Ava, even though, you know, I get it. Hashtag we want Cody, but you're all yeah, fucking right. nuts if you do surprise, that. Surprise, wrestling fans took it too far. <laughs> yeah. We'll Almost talk about this. It's got the more stuff. Camille, I guess, isn't getting signed because why fucking sign people anymore? I hate this company when they do that shit. But I still think that's a very much a why would i sign with this company right now maybe well we'll talk about that we'll talk about anything else that pops up in the meantime talk we will talk TNA, about that Scott Demore, the press conference uh, stuff and then as i said maybe the dark cast will be up uh at some point before that or maybe afterward i don't know but also you know mock draft coming up next week most likely and that's going to do us in for this top rope list so we want to thank you of course for joining us thank you for your comments for your likes your subscriptions whatever it might be and we will see you with whatever the next one is adios for now everybody this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out